Hello, my name is Thatcher, and you're listening to Rethink Motivation, a podcast where we talk to successful entrepreneurs about breaking through the struggles of starting a business and living a life that matters. Today, I'll be talking with Brennan Dunn. Brennan is a bona fide expert on freelancing. After working after hours to build up his client base, Brennan eventually quit his job to build his company to 11 full-time employees. Brennan has since made the switch from student to teacher and now spends his days helping thousands of freelancers grow their businesses at doubleyourfreelancing.com. Brennan's living proof that freelancing, when done correctly, can be an extremely lucrative business model. So without wasting any more time, let's jump into the interview and see what we can learn. Brennan, welcome to the show and thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thank you, Thatcher. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to have you on the show today because you're kind of an expert on freelancing. And just to give us some context, could you tell us how you got into freelancing originally or how it was introduced to you? Sure. So it didn't, it wasn't intentional. I've always kind of done side work. You know, ever since being a high school kid, I knew how to code HTML pages and I didn't really know what it was called. I just knew that, you know, people knew, hey, you know, this kid knows how to build web pages, and you know, I took money from them. I guess uh, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything formal. It wasn't anything special. It took a while until I kind of really discovered that that actually was a thing you could do. Um, the big eye opener for me, I think, was so I was working at an agency in Florida, and I kind of rose up the ranks and eventually was the technology director at the company. And what this allowed me to do was instead of just being kind of one of the people at the bottom. Uh, you know, coding out websites or whatever else. I was kind of at the top and learning how deals were being made, and you know that you know there, there actually had there was selling involved, and you know there was a lot kind of going into getting the work that I was doing when I was just coding web pages um, at the bottom of the food chain. So I uh, what ended up happening, and this is totally accidental, but uh, well maybe it wasn't accidental, but my wife and I got pregnant, and we uh, we always decided that we wanted to live up in Virginia after you know, where her parents are after we had a kid. So I had to quit my job and I didn't have any job prospects up here. I didn't know anyone up here. I didn't know any businesses up here, but I started tapping into my my network that I had built up and, you know, started freelancing kind of uh, officially, I guess, this time because I really had to. So, you know, I was full-time working for myself at that point. Um, got lucky in that I got the right projects at the right time and I ended up kind of scaling uh, beyond myself. So I was kind of at a crossroads where I had more work that I could handle. And on one hand, I guess I could just reject it and say I'm busy or you know, check back in a few months. Or on the other hand, I could scale. And not knowing anything about business, I decided to scale. And eventually I got to uh, 11 employees. We had an office downtown. We had clients all over the planet. I mean, it was obviously a, a long journey between uh, getting started and where I ended up with this agency. But that's really, I guess that's my 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 history when it comes to consulting in a nutshell. And uh, and then what, I didn't, what ended up happening actually was I had built this company and I wanted to get into having my own products. I wanted to, you know, I, I knew people who had software as a service businesses where they were getting paid a little bit of money by a lot of people. And in contrast to where I was, where I had a few clients paying a lot of money, their situation seemed a little better. So I started a project management tool called PlanScope, 
And I did this while running the agency. At this point, I really wasn't, I was more of a, I was managing the company. I wasn't in the weeds. I wasn't building websites or anything for our clients. And so I built the software product. I launched it. And then at that point, I, I was at another crossroads in my career where I could either uh, you know, try to try to run the software business while running the agency, or I could exit the agency and focus solely on the business. And that's what I did. I, I left the I left the agency. I basically um, uh, put it in the hands of the guy who was running business development and focused full time on PlanScope. And from there, and this is kind of where I am now, I guess. Um, from PlanScope, I was getting a lot of people who were using the support channel, you know, support system to not ask questions about how to use the software, but they were asking me things about, you know, getting clients or charging, you know, how do I price myself? And it kind of led me to uh, creating a blog that focused on topics like that, along with launching my first course, which then led to another course. And then, um, you know, now I've got kind of 30,000 plus people who, uh, you know, I guess are, are learning from me about how to kind of master the business of consulting or the business of freelancing. Okay. So yeah, you've come kind of full circle back to teaching freelancing now. It was none of, none of it was planned. It was all kind of just, <laughs> I guess where the wind took me, but I'm, I'm glad it ended up here. Yeah. It sounds like you've definitely, uh, dipped your toes in a lot of different waters sounds like you've you've been an employee, you've worked as a freelancer, you've actually run an agency, and you've even developed and sold a product. So you are definitely experienced in more than just freelancing. I'd love to hear in your words, why should people get excited about freelancing in particular? Okay, well, the reason I think that most people, especially employed people, should be interested in freelancing is when you're, when you're a full-time employee, you have one source of income. You have your job, right? That pays you reliably every two weeks or every month, and you get a paycheck. When you're freelancing, you start. Ideally, you have a few people paying you. So now you've kind of uh, hedged your 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 risk a bit, I guess, right? Where you now have instead of just one uh, financial channel, you have multiple, and it, it, you know you start to venturing into new things like uh, selling yourself and writing proposals and issuing invoices. And a lot of that, I mean, frankly, can be intimidating and scary. And it's not everyone wants to be doing that. But on top of that, it's something most of us, especially technical people, don't really have any formal training in. You know, we're really good at like our craft, at designing or developing or whatever it is we do. But we don't really have the business skills to um, to properly run a full-time freelancing and consulting business. And um, yeah, so I mean, I, I didn't have that that training on my part, and um, you know, going into it, I I was getting I was fortunate in a way to get the right referrals at the right time that led me to scale, and I fell a lot of times. I mean, there were times where I mean, going back, I made a lot of mistakes in terms of growing too quickly. Um, you know, one, one of the really distracting things too, especially when you start freelancing, is let's say you're doing well and you have clients. And then you do these back of the napkin calculations where you think, well, let's say I'm billing myself out at at 100 an hour. If I could get three other people who I can bill out at 100 an hour and maybe pay them 50 an hour, that's really good money, right? I mean, that's now you're making 100 an hour for yourself plus 150 profit, uh, you know, off these other three people. And that's that's the temptation I fell into, right? And 
while that worked sometimes, it didn't always work. There was a lot of things I had to learn about managing people. It's not about just putting smart people in front of a problem and expecting them to complete it like you would. So there was a lot of things I had to learn, you know, along the way and basically you know, management 101, I guess. Yeah, that's a great point about having to go from being kind of the craftsman in an agency where you're the one actually developing the product to taking on a role where you're actually managing other people. It's, I mean, it's totally different, even managing yourself. I mean, if, you're, if your goal is to, I mean, if you, let's say you're, you're a great programmer and you love writing code and all you want to do all day is write code, to be honest, you're probably better off being an employee because that allows you to focus on that full time. When you have your own business, when you're freelancing, you need to uh, you need to be out there selling, writing proposals. You know, there's a lot of administrative overhead that goes into into the job, and that's that takes a lot of people off guard. Yeah. So, I mean, you used to be an employee, uh, so you were kind of that you know technical minded person who was whose only job was to work on developing the product. How did you yourself make the the shift from employee to freelancer? Right. So even when I started my agency, when I when I transitioned from just myself to being a team, I still had that engineer technical mentality in many ways. Um, but it really wasn't until I, uh, you know, I I almost missed payroll a few times, or I, um, you know, I had a client where I just assumed that I could just throw people at the problem and it would all get done correctly, where then I was ultimately the one on the hook. I was the one uh, who had to defend the actions of others, right? So I had to kind of learn the hard way, I guess, how to run a business. Um, and even though, yes, this was a an agency, which is a little different than just being your own boss and running a solo freelancing business, you know, a lot of it was the same, where I had to realize that if I have, like, so when I had 11 people, my monthly payroll was in the six figures. So if I didn't bring in six figures of new project revenue each month, I would be out of business. And I had to bring that in just to break even. So with that said, I couldn't just wait for referrals. And a lot of new freelancers especially, they don't really have a proactive method of getting clients. They just kind of uh, hope that the right project will come when they need it or their past clients will refer them or you know whatever else. And they don't really have a, a proper strategy, I guess. And I didn't. And I had to really uh, develop one quickly in order to keep myself afloat and to pay my own bills along with the really big bills of paying for, you know, X many different families. Yeah, that would definitely raise the stakes knowing that other people's livelihood is on the line and definitely force you to, to kind of figure things out. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Um, so Brennan, how can people kind of dip their toes into freelancing rather than you know quitting their jobs and jumping in? What can they do to, to start trying it out now? I mean, I would recommend for most people to do kind of what I was doing at first, but a little more business-like. And what I mean by that is um, it's called moonlighting when you have a full-time job and you do work on the side. So this could be nights and weekends or um, you know, if you work from home, ideally you could even... Know, if you don't have a commute, you can spend a little more time doing client work, right? Like you could, you could, let's say your job has you from nine to five, you could then work five to seven each night um, on client work. Now, unfortunately, the, the downside to that is it ends up having you working a lot of hours. Um, most people hopefully don't want to be working more than 
uh, 40 hours a week. So I think the basics can be not only the basics, but most importantly, the, the beginnings of your network, the beginnings of your, your business network that can either generate referrals for you or generate direct clients for you, I think need to be in place before you make the decision to quit. Unless you're sitting on a huge savings account where you can just burn through for you know, the next year off of that and, and you're still okay, um, you, you do need to have clients lined up. You do need to have uh, people that you can do work for when you decide to quit your job. And the best way to do that, I think, and what I would recommend for most people is look in your local area. You probably have some sort of chamber of commerce that has events. You probably have some meetups that are, have like entrepreneur events or whatever else. Start going to them. Start talking with people. Start you know building relationships with people. And um, really, really shore that up before you decide to you know sever that really nice biweekly paycheck that gets put into your bank account. Yeah, and I think that's sound advice, you know, no matter what business model you're in. So if you're freelancing, selling a product, whatever it may be, definitely make sure you either do the research or acquire the customers or connections you need to actually sustain yourself before you do something as as drastic as quitting your job. Because, you know, if things don't work out and you haven't ensured that they're going to work out, you're not going to be in a great place. And you're going to end up, I mean, when you're kind of pressured financially where you need a project, you start making concessions, you start um, doing things that you probably shouldn't do, like, uh, you know, under undercutting your rate or taking on projects that you probably wouldn't want to ideally work on. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Um, and I think that's just to, to build upon that, that's probably a slippery slope, too, where once you do that once, once you make that exception one time, you know, you're going to be more likely to do that again down the road and, and again until, you know, your, your values and morals that you set out with are completely unrecognizable. So just moving on, Brennan, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about freelancing? So the biggest misconception is that people think all I need to do is show up, do awesome work, deliver great projects, and clients will come to me. Um, that couldn't be further from the truth. It would be great if the world did work that way. But um, ultimately what you need to do is you need to realize that it's a lot different than being an employee and, and how it's primarily different is typically when you're, when you're hired on as an employee, you're selling yourself off of your credentials, off of your, uh, technical skills, off of, you know, whatever, you know, here, here's my resume, right? When you're selling to clients, you typically need to sell a solution, to somebody's problem. And, you know, so if like you might, it, let's say you're a web designer, if you go to work at a company that needs a full-time, you know, web person to do their website, you're probably going to sell yourself off the technologies you know and everything else. But when you start freelancing for clients, many of them will not, you know, they're going to be thinking in the back of their heads that they need, let's say, uh, more customers and they come to the decision that, Maybe a website will have them do that. Most, a lot of the clients, if you're working with direct clients, don't always know the technology or don't really care about the technology. So you really need to focus on what is the business problem that you know I'm being hired to complete or to solve rather, and um, how do I go about solving that versus just um, clinging to your craft and clinging to the technology that you're comfortable with. Um, so I think that's the big thing. You know, the two big things are. 
Um, understanding that what you're selling is is a solution to a problem and not a uh, you know a vacancy in a de- you know a desk vacancy that they need filled uh, with somebody with your skill set. And the second thing, and probably the bigger thing, is that uh, you know it, you do need to understand that you are a business and you do need to know how to sell and market yourself. Otherwise, um, you know you might start with a few clients, but if you don't do anything proactive in terms of uh, getting work and building up a pipeline of of projects, um, you could really fall flat on your face. Yeah, I think that's a that's an awesome distinction. Um, you know, when you're when you're trying to be an employee, when you're trying to get a job, you're selling yourself and your abilities because they they want to know that they're going to be hiring a person who's capable. But when you're selling to say the owner of a company or, or the CEO, the person in charge, they don't really care. Uh, so much about the nitty-gritty details of you or your abilities or the technical details. They just want to know that you are able to solve problem X or problem Y. And you know if you can offer them that solution, that's all they care about. And that's enough to, to seal the deal. So Brennan, if you were going to grow a freelancing business starting today from ground zero, what would you do first? I think what I would immediately do would be, so if I was, you know, went into a coma and woke up 10 years from now and had no network and I was in a different state city, I would immediately go out and start meeting people in, you know, locally, you know, meeting people who are close to me uh, geographically. And the best way to do that, I think, is to go and, you know, go to Google, type in your city, type in networking events or, uh, or you know, entrepreneur groups or whatever else find a few of these and just start to get to know the people who are there. And by get to know, what I mean is specifically go and, and talk with them about, so, t- you know, tell me about your business. Tell me about, you know, I, I happen to work in technology. What kind of technology do you use in your business? Okay, why does it, you know, what sucks about it? You know, what, 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 is, what, what do you hate about, um, you know, the way things are in your business? And you know, you're not there to pitch. You're not there to kind of sell yourself on the spot. You're there to really um, build and, and or really create relationships. And then you build on those relationships afterward. And, um, you know, what I would do then is I would, you know, from, from the people I met at an event, let's say, I would um, cultivate those relationships over time, primarily over email, also probably through, um, you know, meeting with them about, you know, let's say they say, well, you know, thing I hate about my business is we use Excel to do our order tracking. And the problem is I'm always sending the Excel file via email to, uh, to Betsy over there. And she makes edits and then sends it back. And we never know which one's really the, the authoritative uh, version, right? And there's all of these issues and in doing that. And it's, you know, it's a pain. And these, this, to me, that would be something that's, that's low-hanging fruit, where here's somebody who doesn't really know that they have a problem that can be solved. Um, in this case, I could build something custom for them that would basically solve um, the the issue they're having with Excel, and um, you know use that as a way to to ultimately um, get a new client. So I would really focus on um, building up relationships and really talking with people and providing value to people. I mean, that's the biggest thing: give people value without any expectation of an immediate return. So there's nothing worse than going in front of somebody at, let's say, a networking event and trying to sell them because that's not what people want. You know, people, people uh, 
are there to talk about their business. And, um, you know, so what I would do is I would go and build these relationships. And, um, you know, over time, I would I would develop a niche around um, the kind of clients I want to work with and uh, strongly position myself. And all that means is just to really identify, here's the problem that I, uh, you know, here's a, a kind of problem that I solve and here's how I would go about solving it and here's why it's good for your business. And, um, you know, build up, build up that local. I mean, that's exactly what I did with my agency, to be honest. We did a lot of this. We ran seminars. We ran events. We went to events. We built up uh, well over 3,000 people locally who were in our, our network. And um, we ended up with a six-month pipeline of work. And six months for eight billable people is, well, I don't even know what that math is. It's 40 or 50-something uh, man months of booked work. And we did that primarily through um, building up these relationships and uh, cultivating them over time. Yeah, I think you really nailed it. Um, you know, it's so easy today to think, oh, if I'm going to be a freelancer, I can, you know, find all these customers online, I can build an email list. There's so much kind of obsession with online marketing that I think people forget the advice that you just gave, which is, you know, the best place to meet people and and build relationships that can turn into business deals is at in-person events like conferences and networking events. So yeah, that's thank you. That's awesome advice. I mean, it, it's it's you know I talk to a lot of freelancers uh, who reach out to me from my you know my my course or my list or whatever else, and a lot of them are like you know I read about all these really successful consultants who don't do RFPs or don't go to job boards or you know how is the how does that work right like. I mean, I think a lot of people believe that the only way to get freelance work is through like an Elance or Odesk, now known as Upwork or something, um, or responding to public RFPs for projects. And I mean, to be honest, the most successful consultants I know, none of them get work that way. Um, they get work through their network, and that's probably the most important thing you can have in your business. Right. So if you get invited to play tennis this weekend, you should probably say yes, even if you're terrible. <laughs> exactly. I've, I don't know how to play golf at all, but I've been to quite a few uh, golfing sessions or whatever they're called with uh, with people <laughs> in my network. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you're doing something with another person in in real life, not over the Internet or over Skype or anything like that, you're, you're going to build a deeper relationship, uh, much more so than if you were you know, posting your services online or, or asking people questions online. Awesome. So, Brennan, I'm guessing that when you started out doing freelancing, it was not uh, especially easy at first. And, you know, like you said, when you start out, a lot of times you're working overtime, essentially. You're working on these projects in addition to your normal work hours. So it's not like, you know, you start out and it's it's wonderful. All of a sudden, it's super fun. You know, the beginning, there is a lot of building and, you know, that takes time and energy and effort. So I'm wondering, what was it that that motivated you and what is it that motivates you now to to push more and work harder than other people in order to to build up this business you've built? What is it? What's the what's the driving force behind all this? Right. So one of the mistakes I made with my agency was I kind of ended up creating a job for myself. And what I mean by that is I, I didn't set the right expectations that, to me, this was a means to an end. Um, instead, I kind of built the company as the end itself. So I was working all the time. I had two little kids at home. I'd come home. They'd already either be in bed or 
be about to be going to bed. And I really never saw them except on weekends. And to me, you know, I was commuting downtown to my own office from the suburbs where I live. And it's like I had created a, a job for myself. And my goal going into starting a business was not to do that. So with this new business of mine, um, the end is to be able to be a lot more flexible. So nowadays, I really don't typically work more than 10, 15 hours a week. And I take golf to be able to go to my daughter's jujitsu classes or ballet classes, school events like this morning. I mean, you know, that, that's my end. My end is to be able to spend as much time with my kids and my wife as possible. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing, the, the reason I do the kind of work I do um, you know, there, there's one thing to be said about designing a business that fits the lifestyle you want, which I think en- enough or a lot of people really don't do that as much as they should. They don't really set up their business in a way that's conducive to the way they want to live their life. Um, but the other the other side of the coin is, well, how do you, you know, how does your business, you know, I, I hate the way I hate the phrase, but like change the world. Right. Um, and in my case, it's been really interesting because. Now that I've gotten into a lot of the training side where I'm producing courses and podcasts and blog posts and everything else, it's been really interesting because I get emails almost weekly now from people who are saying, you know, hey, we've never actually met, but um, just want to let you know I, you know, went through your course a year ago and um, I was able to get married uh, a few years before I thought I'd be able to based off the, the income that you've helped me, you know, unknowingly uh, create. Dude, that's awesome. So that's been really cool. Just kind of, you know, having, knowing now that there are a lot of people who have been affected positively by the kind of things that I learned, you know, uh, I learned a lot of it the hard way, right? Where I built up this agency, had no idea what I was doing and learned what I was doing along the way. And now what I'm doing a lot of is sharing that, that kind of what I learned uh, going, you know, through that, on that journey, I guess. And it's, it's really cool just being able to see kind of results from people. I, to be honest, don't even know, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, it's wild. Um, I, I don't have, you know, the audience or the platform that you have, but I, I do send out this Monday motivation email every Monday morning and, you know, every week a handful of people will write me an email back saying either like, Oh, Hey, this, this email really resonated with me. Thanks so much for sending it. And, you know, it's these people who who I don't even know, like you said, I don't know them at all. But it's so cool that, you know, they're actually reading this stuff that I'm writing and it's actually maybe helping them in some small way. So, yeah, it's it's really cool to see that. So I have a question for you, Brennan, on behalf of some people listening who maybe are feeling unmotivated or feeling just kind of unoptimistic about the future of their business or, or some projects they want to start. And, you know, they just can't seem to find the motivation to put in those extra hours after work on the weekends to, to get something off the ground. What have you found that's worked for you to get yourself motivated? Uh, what, what have you found that's really, what, what was it that, that's, that sparked you into working harder in the beginning when you were first starting freelancing? And, and how can people kind of create that spark in their own lives? I mean, so much of it depends on the goals somebody has. Like, you know, some people have a goal of building a business that literally changes the world, you know, like the Elon Musks and everyone who want to redefine how cars are built and driven and uh, spaceships and everything else, right? Um, I'm not that kind of person. You know, I, I want to change the world in a very minor way, but 
in a way that doesn't create a huge dent, but dents a lot of people in a very small way. Um, so I think, you know, it's important to understand exactly what, what end you have in, in whatever new venture you're putting together. So, you know, instead of just thinking, I'm going to build a startup, think, well, what is the, you know, what is, what is my end goal with this? Is it to really, um, is maybe it's to achieve kind of lifestyle independence, right? Like the whole, uh, sitting on a beach and, uh, in the Philippines or whatever, right. Um, on your laptop, seeing all that new money you made or something, right. Um, I think a lot of people are unfortunately lured a little too heavily to that end, but you know, what, what is the, what is the end that you have for your business and really figure out how to, you know, when, when you have that, that milestone in mind, design and build everything about whatever new business or whatever new outlook or, or direction you're going in with that end in sight. So with me, you know, now I'm, I'm in this position where I want to, um, you know, be able to really spend as much time with my wife and kids as I can, um, because I don't want to be an old guy on my deathbed looking back and thinking, oh, look, I made this awesome billion dollar business, but you know, my kids don't know me. I, I knew that's not what I wanted to do. So I've intentionally now built a business that conforms to that lifestyle. So I would think that's, that's a big thing to me because I see a lot of people who, especially freelancers, who have a hard time saying no to new client work, have a hard time saying no to really anything, who end up getting burned out because they're always working. They're working weekends. Um, their health is, is getting worse. Their stress levels are through the roof. Um, and I think a lot of, you know, with a little planning, even if you're already in, in the midst of it, if you're already a full-time freelancer, with a little reflection on what it is you're doing and where you want to be, um, I, th- I think that's more people need to do that. More people need to kind of reflect on, on where are they now and where do they want to get to and how then do they connect the dots? Yeah, that's so important. If you don't, if you don't have that final goal in mind or that, that place that you want to get to, it, that's exactly right. How are you supposed to create a plan for yourself to get there? How are you going to know what your next step should be and the step after that? Um, you know, there's no way to create a, a real practical plan for yourself. So I completely agree. And I think that's great advice. Yeah. And, and this is kind of a, a touchy subject in a way, but I, um, I have a lot of students who've gone through my courses. And, and to be honest, the 80-20 rule, which is 20% of people will actually really push through it, I guess, is, is totally at play with just about everything. And what I've seen from that is that there's a lot of people who might listen to an inspirational podcast or read a great podcast or blog, you know, blog article or purchase a course or purchase a book. And they get excited and they think that they've done something by virtue of, of their consumption, right? I've, I've listened to this podcast, I'm motivated, I'm, you know, and then, then nothing happens, right? Or I've bought this, this course and I have, you know, I, I've, I feel like I've done something by virtue of buying this. And I think, you know, if there's one thing in common between everyone I know who's, who's uh, you know, quote unquote successful, it's they've made very methodical and consistent forward progress. You know, they, they've, they're, they're, you know, uh, there's so many weeks where I feel like I've achieved nothing or I've gone backwards in terms of uh, success, I guess, right? And the, be- the biggest benefit I have in my own business, I think, is that each week I journal about what I did that week with my business and being able to look back at that journal historically and see, 
there's definite up up into the right forward momentum, right? You know, some weeks when you're just focused on now and today, it seems hard. It's it's hard to see that sometimes. And I think, um, you know, everyone I know who's who's succeeded, they're they make consistent progress. They they don't give up. And I know it's trite to say or whatever else, but um, you know, they blog each week regardless of if anyone's reading. You know, they're not they're not expecting. Uh, I'm going to launch this software product. We're going to have this massive uh, launch where everyone will cover us, get tons of traffic, and then we'll just be, you know, a billion dollar business overnight. Um, you know, that's 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 usually the the mindset of dreamers who um, end up really getting disappointed and uh, ending up really not succeeding in what they want to do. Yeah, and you're right. It is a touchy subject because you and I both create content, and here we are talking about you know, content isn't always necessarily the answer. Um, and I, I believe that learning and, and exposing yourself to new ideas and concepts is incredibly important and incredibly valuable. But at a certain point, you have to, you have to put down the podcast, put down the book, put down the blog, and actually start doing things. You have to put that information to use, and you actually have to do some stuff yourself. And I think, yeah, it, it is easy to get in a cycle of just consuming and consuming and learning. Um, but if you don't stop to actually start something, nothing's ever going to get done. So, Brennan, I think that's a great note to end on. So where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? So the best place is probably doubleyourfreelancing.com. That's my blog that has really everything. Um, if you go to, on the, on the top, there's like a most popular thing. The, the top entry is... It's really a, a nine lesson course that's called Charge What You're Worth. And it's basically how to, I mean, if you're looking to go and become a freelancer or, or if you are a freelancer now and you really want to understand in, in a very concise, you know, it's a free, free nine lesson course, how to really position and sell yourself at a higher rate by delivering really a different product. Um, you know, that's more than 11,000 people have gone through that and it's um, people really like it. So I'd, I'd give that a shot. And if you're on um, the East Coast or would like to get or can get to the East Coast in September, I'm hosting my first uh, conference in Virginia. Uh, we've got about room for 200. We already have about 50 people signed up, but it's going to be a, a conference on on the business of freelancing. We've got people talking about pricing, about getting clients, about uh, hiring subcontractors. It's basically everything that you need to uh, you know to to build a successful business for yourself. Well, congrats on launching your first conference. That's a pretty big deal. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's one one item, one to do checklist or check off the business bucket list. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a huge accomplishment. So, congrats again, and I, I hope that goes really well. And Brennan, thank you once again for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you, Thatcher. All right. Well, that was a ton of fun. Brennan is a super nice guy, really down to earth. So that was a lot of fun to talk to him. Brennan, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and, you know, I thought he gave a ton of really great tactics and stories of, about how he got into freelancing and maybe some cautionary tales if you're thinking about trying freelancing yourself. But honestly, the, the best part of this interview for me was kind of our conversation towards the second half about, you know, making sure that you really take action. And 
you know, it's easy to get caught in the cycle of information consumption, and there are a lot of great sources of information out there and guides for, for doing things. But just make sure you're really conscious about setting down the information and actually starting the work. I think that's one of the biggest hindrances. People feel like they're being super productive because they're reading and listening to all these great things. But, you know, it's fine to do that. And I think it's great to do that. I consume a ton of it myself. But just make sure you do set, a time, set aside time to stop and actually begin, begin the work itself. And uh, on that note, if you want to learn more about uh, Brennan or see the show notes for links to his site and all that good stuff, head over to RethinkMotivation.com where you can also find all the other episodes. You can sign up for my weekly motivational newsletter that we talked about today. And you can get in touch with me if you want to send me an email. And also, if you like this episode, please take a minute to give the show a review. Uh, It only does take a minute and it helps a ton in helping the show grow and expose it to new viewers and listeners. So thank you so much for doing that. And other than that, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.